tonight we're going to try to wrap up dreams. I know it's been a crash course. There's no way in three weeks to even start. Um, what I want to do is real fast go over uh, some tips for interpreting your dreams because I don't want to end on that note. So if we have those slides ready, first of all, write down your dreams. If you don't write them down, get your voice recorder and say them before you get out of bed. It'll make all the difference in the world. Um, even if it's something really vivid when you start out, it can be gone so quickly, and you can't bring it back. And even if you bring back a little of it, you don't, you don't get the feeling with it. So it's really important to do that. Um, also, if you want God to give you more dreams, you really have to put some effort into it. I mean, I've, I've noticed as soon as people start pursuing it, writing down their dreams, they're like, wow, I'm starting to dream a lot more. It's cause and effect. If you go after him, he's going to meet you. Number two, include the date and title your dream. You want the date because it's amazing to go back and look. I, all the time, because I journal so much, I go back and think, oh my gosh, I can't believe that was happening at the same time this happened. And usually you don't see that in, except in retrospect. So if you'll date it, it just makes all the difference in the world. And I think God loves it when we go back and try to... Um, put together things that he's done. I've been amazed, just amazed sometimes at things that were working all at the same time and I didn't have any idea at the time. Number three, we talked about this the last two weeks, find the focus of the dream. Most of the time it's going to be you. If it's not about you, a lot of times it's an intercession dream. So find the focus of the dream. Pick out the major sub-focuses and significant details, and we've been doing this the last two weeks. If you don't know the gist of the dream, begin to work on the individual elements. Sometimes you can just look at the dream and you'll, you'll kind of know the gist of the dream, and then you can use the elements just to kind of get more understanding. If you really don't have a clue, just start looking at some of the individual elements, and as you work through those, a lot of times you'll start to understand more of what the dream means. Above all, ask Holy Spirit for revelation. We all get stuck in this rut. We get a book, and we have definitions, and we forget to ask him. He's the one that gave us the dream, so he's the one that's going to interpret it for us. Um, most of your elements have positive and negative meanings. Numbers, positive, negative. Colors, positive, negative. Um, just like we were saying, a dog. To me, a dog in a dream is almost always a great thing because I love dogs. Someone who is attacked by a dog, that's going to be a traumatic thing for them. So every person has their own dream language, and you should really start paying attention to yours. And God will show up certain ways for you, and a lot of times that's going to be a pattern of what he does for you, and it may be totally different than it is for somebody else. So... The more you pay attention to those things, the, the more clear your dreams are going to be. And that kind of went into number five. Um, and, and like I said, God wants us to rely on him, not figure out a formula. There's not a formula for dreams. There are things that are helpful, but there's not a formula. And he doesn't want there to be a formula. Because if we had a formula, we would never ask him. That's just how we are. 
So the whole thing, I think, for dreams is he wants us to dialogue with him. He wants us to search him out. And then number six, I already said it. Keep a list of elements and what they mean to you. When you have significant dreams and you figure them out, make a list of things. And it's a lot of times he'll continue to speak to you that way. Number seven, don't give up. So many people, they just give up because they think dreams are too hard. They're used to things being really simple, and they get exasperated, and I don't understand this. But Proverbs 25.2 says, It's the glory of God to hide a matter, and the glory of kings to search it out. I mean, we get to search it out. I love that song by Kevin Prosh. You know, he's not hiding it for us. Uh, he's not from us. He's hiding it for us, and we get to search it out. I mean, it's a privilege. And so instead of we're so used to everything coming so fast and easy, this is a different thing. We have to search it out. And it's really fun once you start working on it, um, but, but it takes effort, and that's just the way it's going to be. Don't forget dreams are like parables. They don't make sense right off. I mean, think of all the stories Jesus told the crowds. They didn't understand what he was talking about half the time. But to those who were really seeking it out, he explained those things and they understood them. And it's the same way. And then resources for dream interpretation. We just threw that up last week. That first one, Understanding Dreams and Visions, that's a six CD set by John Paul Jackson. It's really good. Um, they have lots of resources on their website, too. He unfortunately passed away, but all his stuff is still out there. And, you know, it's really amazing with John Paul. Um, he just, God just gave him the gift. And I think it's because sometimes God just has to start it somewhere. And he didn't know why he could. He just knew what they meant. And somebody asked him one time, how, how do you do that? And he said, I don't know. And they said, well, that's really sad because it's going to die with you. And so he set out from that point on. He realized he needed to figure it out. And so that's where so much training has come from um, because he was trying to figure it out so that he could pass it on. And that's a legacy that he left. And then the book I told you all about last week, Dream Speak 2, that's just one of the most workable dream books I've found uh, she's a master dream interpreter. She's done thousands and thousands and thousands of dreams. And that's just a really good book. The Name Book by Dorothy Astoria. We haven't done a dream that names mean something. Sometimes it's not the person in the dream, it's their name. And so it's really good to have a name book. It doesn't always mean something, but it sure can. And then I wanted to talk about uh, my friend Mary Bruton. Uh, she's destinydreamswithaz.com. You can online journal for free on her website. Um, she has lots of little, she just has lots of little trainings and teachings on there you can read. Um, also, if you want to, you can submit dreams to her. I think it's about $30. That's what she does for a living. Some people get all fired up about charging, but Pastor Daryl gets paid. I mean, I don't have a problem with that. That's what she does for a living. So if you have a problem with that, don't send her a dream. <laughs> but I've sent her several. I mean, there are things that I wanted confirmation on, um, you know, and, and she does a good job. So uh, she used to live here, but now she's remarried. And where is she, Carol? 
I always forget. Wis not Wisconsin, somewhere up there. Yeah, somewhere up there. Uh, she trained under John Paul Jackson. She actually worked with him for quite some time. So she's she's really good. I trust her. Um, she actually has invited me to participate with a lot of things. And when we talk about prophetic evangelism, our last week, I'm going to show you lots of pictures and stuff. And I, if she hadn't come along, I don't think I would have ever had the nerve to do that stuff. So sometimes we need someone to help pull us in. Okay, that's all for that. We're just going to pick right back up where we left off. We were talking about the 20 types of dreams, and we're going to go to number 14, our favorite kind, correction dreams. <laughs> People don't like correction dreams, but, you know, I would so much rather God correct me in a dream than me keep doing something really stupid or have to be called out in public. I'd much rather get it in a dream. <laughs> And the thing about God, you always have to remember that if he's convicting you, he always gives you a way out. If you wake up feeling totally condemned and hopeless, that was not from God. God does not deal with us that way. He doesn't give us fear. He doesn't give us condemnation. So that's a real good way you can tell the difference. Now, it doesn't mean you wake up feeling all rosy. You might feel pretty convicted that you need to do something different. But there's a big difference in that in condemnation. So, let's see. So basically, God shows you something you're doing the wrong way so you can make a change and do it the right way. I mean, I want that. So I've got a dream called the lion dream. In this dream, I had a lion as a pet. I start, it started getting too big and aggressive. I couldn't control it anymore. I didn't know what to do with it. So we kind of bantered back and forth about this a little bit. But who's the focus of this dream? Dreamer. Mm -hmm. So you can tell a lot of times that's why it's good to, to title your dream. It's called the lion dream. So I'd say the most important sub-focus in here is the lion. And we bantered back and forth about this. But in this dream, this lion is Jesus. And some of us didn't like that because it said he was getting aggressive. So we'll talk more about that. Um, what was this lion to the dreamer? He was a pet. Is Jesus a pet? <laughs> so what's a pet? It's something you play with and you don't take it very seriously, right? It's kind of on your terms. Well, that's not how Jesus is. You know, he's not our pet. And then he said, I couldn't control it anymore. I didn't know what I was going to do with it. That's literal. He couldn't control it. So here's the interpretation. God is using this dream to reveal to you your attitude towards him. Instead of placing yourself under God's authority, you're trying to control him. And God will not allow this. Pretty straightforward. It's a good, that's a good dream for someone who's taking God too lightly. So we don't like correction dreams, but they can be so good. Okay, I have another one called Backpack Baby, and I'm just going to try to give you all as many as I can give you. My wife and I walked into class one Monday and saw our backpack with our baby sitting at our desk. We realized we had not missed the baby and then figured out that my wife had left it there the day before while at the study session. 
You think we might have a problem there? Yeah. Okay. So who is the focus of the stream? It's actually the, the dreamer and his wife. It's about both of them. And so they're taking this class. Class, school, it's usually about training. They're in some kind of spiritual training. Um, and then they have this baby. A baby is usually about responsibility, a new gift, something God's giving you that you're responsible for. And anytime there's a realization in a dream, you need to pay attention to that. So he says, we realized we had not missed the baby. So they're not focusing on important things. That baby's something they already have, they're already supposed to be taken care of, and they left it there, and they didn't even miss it. And there's a key detail. Um, they left it there the day before, and they didn't even miss it. Um, they're neglecting an important responsibility. So my interpretation was... You and your wife are in a time of learning new things, which is great. But God is showing you that you've been neglecting a very important responsibility he's already given you. Make sure you don't get so involved with the new that you forget what you already have. We all do that. We go off on a new thing, and it's like we forget about the things we really should be also taking care of. So it's not saying they shouldn't be taking the training. It's just saying... Don't get so involved with that that you forget about what's already important in your life. So that's a great dream. Number 15 is direction dreams. God can give you actual direction for your life in these dreams. And I'm just going to use a scripture, Matthew 2, 19 through 22 in a dream, Joseph was told he could return to Israel with Jesus. Then in a second dream, he received direction to go home a different way. God actually gave him direction. Um, that can happen in, in lots of different ways. Um, to me, I, just, I, I love the way God is because we can be doing our own thing and totally oblivious to something he wants to show us. And he tries to tell us, like the scripture says, in the day he speaks to us, we don't pay attention. So then he just brings it home at night while we're dreaming. So don't ever, if there's, if there's ever a dream that makes you feel a little uncomfortable, that doesn't mean it's bad. I mean, God, it's, I would much prefer him to talk to me that way than to get called out. Number 16, these are really great intercession dreams. These dreams are designed to cause us to pray about someone or something besides ourselves. A lot of times, these dreams, you're not going to be the focus of these dreams. It's going to be whoever it is God wants you praying for. Dangerous situations can be totally averted or their effects lessened through our intercession. This is a big deal to me. When God gives information about another person, it's imperative that we're trustworthy and we keep our mouths shut unless he gives us permission. <laughs> if he shows you somebody you know and asks you to pray for that person, the worst thing you can do is go blab that to somebody else. I mean, it's an integrity issue. So he's trusting you with information so that you can partner with him and pray for that person or that situation. 
So we've got to have integrity or he's not going to keep giving you stuff. He just won't. Also, you can really hurt that person. I mean, we all have stuff that we really wouldn't want somebody else to know. (laughs) And a lot of times God will take care of it where it doesn't have to be public. So we just need to be very careful about that. The first dream is called Earthquake in Morocco. And one thing I want to say about this, some people, intercessors tend to have more literal dreams. Um, Some people feel really bad. They'll have a dream about something bad that's going to happen. And then it happens, and they feel really bad because they take the blame like, oh, I didn't pray hard enough, or I should have done this, or I should have done that. That's really not how it is. You just, when God gives you a burden, you pray, the burden lifts, and you go on about your business. Intercessors used to be a really depressed lot of people (laughs) a few years back because they just carried those burdens and they never let them go. So if God gives you something to pray about, pray about it and then just release it. He'll bring it back to you if he wants you to keep praying for it. But you can't let yourself get weighed down with everybody's cares and worries because it'll... We're just not designed for that. The other day before this last earthquake in Morocco, so they're talking about something that actually happened, that morning around 3.30 a.m. I had a dream or something. It felt like I was there in the earthquake. I could see the buildings fall. I was shaking with the earth. I then sort of woke up a little and prayed in the spirit, not knowing what this meant. Okay? So who's the focus of this dream? Remember, it can't be an event. So if it's not another person, uh, sometimes you think, well, it's the earthquake. Well, if it's between an event and the person, it's always the person. So it is about the dreamer. And this earthquake is literal. It actually happened. And then the dreamer prayed. And that was literal. It actually happened. So in intercession dreams, you're going to see a lot more literal a lot less metaphor and a lot more literal. So the interpretation is just God gave you this dream so you could intercede prior to the earthquake. And that's what they did. They woke up, they prayed, they fell back asleep. That's exactly what God wanted. So some people, though, would wake up and think, oh, my gosh, I didn't know there was really going to be an earthquake. And they'll get all depressed because I should have stayed up and I should have been praying. Don't, don't get into that rut because the enemy will take you out that way. He always wants to put burdens on us. So if you have a dream like that, I've had lots of dreams where I pray a little bit in the dream and it's done. And I just, I just think it's, it's easy. You don't have to hold on to that stuff. Okay, this one's called Noah's Teacher. In this dream, someone was saying to me that, and this it sounds a little confusing for sure. Someone was saying to me that 17 was the number of God and that John Ravitic, my son's old teacher, was living a double life. God said if I would intercede for him, he would deliver him from it. And as a sign that this is true, I would see a story about him in five weeks in the newspaper on page 11a. Okay. So, so we talked quite a bit about this one. Um, And those numbers, we haven't really talked about numbers yet. In this dream, it's, it's not 
the way they, they say it, it's the number itself that's important. So this dream, because it's the dreamer doing the action, it's still about the dreamer, okay? And it's about what the dreamer's going to do. If the dreamer was just observing something happening to this teacher, then probably it would the, the focus would be about that. Um, the main thing, I mean, we titled it Noah's Teacher. So this is, the sub, main sub-focus is this teacher. And he's literal. This is really about him. And remember we talked about people, the three questions, do you all remember? Do they look like themselves? Do they act like themselves? Do other people treat them like themselves? That'll really help you to know if somebody's literal. Because I had the hardest time getting away from thinking things were literal. Now you have to convince me. <laughs> but it was, that was hard for me because I'm very analytical. Um, and then she's, uh, the dreamer is told to intercede. That's also literal. They're supposed to pray for this person. And so we have these strange little details. We have this newspaper, and it says, let's see. Where'd it go? I would see a story about him in five weeks in the newspaper on page 11A. Okay, that's not literal. What does the number five mean? Grace. It's grace, that's right. And the number, the number 11 is usually about revelation. So um, in the interpretation, and we were all confused a little bit about this newspaper this is what I came up with. God is trusting you with information about your son's teacher so you will intercede for him. I mean, we need people praying for us. God is full of grace, number five, and he wants to deliver this person from bondage. God will confirm this to you through further revelation because it says in five weeks we're going to see another story about it. If you will pray. God's desire is to bring this person to wholeness, and he is trusting you to pray and not share what you know with others. So this is a really good dream. Uh, most people, they would want to go start talking to their network. Guess what I dreamed about this person? I'm telling you, that'll shut it down in a heartbeat. God is trusting this person with this information so that they can pray, not so they, they can spread it. And I know I've beat this horse into the ground, but that's a big deal. It's really a big deal. No, I mean, we decided it, it didn't really. A lot of times in dreams, especially people that have very, like they can have a million things in there, um, what you do is, does it affect the dream? If you leave it out, does it change the dream? Does it detract from the dream? And a lot of times you can get rid of a lot of your elements. You really try to hold it down to just four or five things at the most. And it's really hard. Someone will give you a dream this big. <laughs> it's like you just start trying to get the gist of the dream. And if those elements don't contribute to the dream, you can toss them. And sometimes what I've noticed with dreams I've sent in, um, as I mull over what they said and pray about it, God will show me a little bit more about specific things that they didn't mention. But we don't have to go after every single thing. 
Number 17. I'd have several of these because I love these prophecy or revelation dreams. These dreams reveal, reveal things that are happening or will be happening in the future. They tell you things you didn't know before. So number one, my first dream is called cheerleader. This was another kind of complicated one. And I wish we had time off. If we were drawing these out and talking about all these individual elements, it'd be, there'd be a lot more learning. There's just no way to do it in this little piece of time. So what I'm trying to do is just give you as much as I can and pique your interest, just so you can say, wow, that really, wow, that really does mean something. Um, so that's why there's just no way. We could spend the whole night on just this dream right here. <laughs> So I'm just trying to give you as broad an overview as I can, and then it'll, it'll, it'll get your mind working. So me and one of my coworkers are walking in the area of the plant. All goes black. Instantly, there is mass confusion. There's total darkness. I start to panic. From within my heart, I feel a sense of, be still. Instantly, my heart is calm. Who do we think that is? I still can't see, but I'm calm, and I know I'll be all right. My dream jumps to a trophy case in a high school. I hear cheers, rah, rah, rah. On a high school banner, I see my name, Willie. Then I woke up. Okay, the first part of this dream didn't seem too hard, but those last few details, I was thinking, what is that? So who is the focus of this dream? dreamer so they're walking uh, a lot of times if you're walking if you're on a path it's about your personal walk um, there's darkness and confusion right so this person is not going to be at work and all the lights go out and being that's not what this dream is okay it's a metaphor so some people they get these and they want to keep a flashlight in their pocket because they know it's coming well that's that's usually not the case um, so we have this darkness and confusion. There's an unknown course of action. A person can't see where they're going. They don't know what to do. So that they don't know what to do. And then they're told to be still. So what are we doing when, we, when we're still? We're waiting. And then there's this calm that comes over them. And that's a literal detail. There's actually peace and calm that comes over them. And then the last sentence... We have a trophy case. So what do you see in a trophy case? You see trophies, which are their visible displays of victory. And then you hear these cheers of rah, rah, rah. It's approval. So here's my interpretation. God is revealing to you a coming situation where you won't know what to do, but instead of reacting with panic and confusion... God wants you to be still and wait on him. Now, when this person gets into that situation and they remember this, that's going to be so comforting to them. Don't be afraid because God has already shown you the outcome and heaven is cheering you on. Isn't that good? So, you know, this is probably something that hasn't happened yet is what it feels like to me. And when that person gets into that situation, they're immediately going to think of this dream and think, okay, I just need to take a deep breath and be calm, and God's got this. So it's so helpful 
These little dreams can be so helpful to us. Huh? Um, I did a lot of training on a website that's not online anymore. And so um, a lot of these dreams came off of that. One reason I use them is because they graded everything, and I won't use anything that I didn't get either a very good or an excellent on. So, because I just want to make sure I'm giving you all the right stuff. <laughs> I mean, that's important to me, you know. If it's like, okay, it's good, I'm like, well, could I have done better? <laughs> so, I like to share those. Um, I'm sad that that website's not available anymore because it was just so great. I got on it in the beginning just for fun, and you could just start doing dreams, and every dream you turned in, they would they would give you a reply. And if you didn't get it right, they would kind of give you hints on what to look for. And then I started taking some... Uh, they had online mentoring classes with a group, and that was just so much fun. I loved doing it. But that's where a lot of these came from. Um, now I have one called Solid White Limousine. I see our pastor in a solid white limousine. This already feels like a good dream to me. Everything was white, the interior, the seats, the dash, the steering wheel, Everything that you could imagine was white, except for the wheels, which consisted of angels' wings. The vehicle was floating among the clouds. Now, do we think this is a good dream? <laughs> this is a good dream. So who's the focus of this dream? The pastor, that's right. The dreamer's not doing anything. They're, they're observing what's happening. And then we have several sub-focuses. We have this limousine. Well, your car is usually about you, your life, your place of ministry. A limousine is big. And so this is a powerful calling. This isn't just like a little Volkswagen. This is a big. Um, and then we have these wheels. Wheels gives you the ability to operate and move. And they're angel's wings. Um, so it's the ability to operate and or move in the spirit. And then we have clouds, that's pertaining to the heavenly and spiritual realm. And we have this color white, everything is white. So in this dream, this color is very important. White's all about purity and holiness. So the interpretation I got was God is showing you the powerful call your pastor has on his life. Because of his purity and holiness before God, God can use him to move and operate in a heavenly realm. I would. I always pray before I share something, but this is probably something I'd be sharing. This would be so encouraging. So it's just a really simple dream, but it would be so encouraging. Okay. I'm going to give you one I had because it's like that first dream where you get to that situation and think, oh, wait, I already dreamed about that. I named it Riding a Horse to Work in a New Position. And I'll just tell you, there's a bunch of extra stuff in here <laughs> that doesn't apply. I needed to get to work, but for some reason, I didn't have my car. I went to a place that rented horses so I could ride one to work. It, this is definitely not a literal dream. <laughs> it seems I'd been there recently, so I picked my horse and started off. 
After a couple of steps, I realized I hadn't told the owners. I turned around and tied the horse out front and went inside, which was also their home. The lady was nice and said it was no problem, but she kept getting sidetracked and time was getting short and I had a long way to ride. At some point, we walked out into the pen of horses. One of the horses was very big and had a spotted nose. He kept trying to bite me. His teeth were bared and he meant business, but I grew up with horses and I wasn't afraid. I just slapped his nose every time he tried until he gave up. I called work to let them know I would be late, and the woman on the other end said I should turn in my notice on my unit. She wanted me to take some training for a new position. This was unexpected and would be a promotion. I vaguely remember getting to the hospital and clocking in. For some reason, I thought I might get pulled to another unit. This made me a little nervous because my unit did things differently than the rest of the hospital. I'm a nurse. I worked in the hospital forever, so I have tons of hospital dreams. <laughs> it's real common. We got to where when we would work on dreams, we could, we could say, I bet that dude's an architect. It's just the, the language of the dream is going to match what you do and how you think. So that's why everybody's dreams are so different. I walked down a hallway, and every room was empty and had not been cleaned after the last patients. So, ugh, a lot of work to do. No other employees were present. This seemed very strange. Um, there was a lot going on in my life at the time, and so I, just, I decided I'm sending that one in. And here's what they said. Your dream says that a change is coming your way regarding your job or ministry. What may seem like a distraction or a hindrance in how you normally do things, the car, you know, I didn't have my car, may actually be part of the plan to place you in an upgraded situation. You are shown that there is much work to do and you are fully capable and familiar with how to treat people even in difficult or neglected circumstances, right? Nobody was there to help. Timing is critical, so it's important that you watch for God's hand and listen for his directions so that you can fill the void wherever he places you. Well, I was happily going on my way. After I left the hospital, I did home health for three years. And, you know, everything was great. And then this situation came up that had nothing to do with me. And I needed to find a new job. <laughs> And I, re I mean, it wasn't like two weeks, I think, that I had dreamed this before. And it was so comforting. It's like I didn't even worry for a second because I thought, oh, man, I already had that dream. And it's going to be an upgraded position. And so it, it was just comforting to me. And so that's what God does sometimes. Um, and I really wasn't even worried at all. I didn't want to go back to the hospital, and there aren't that many opportunities but I just happened to see this job posting. It wasn't even posted on what I was looking at. It was down below. I don't. I mean, God just put it there for me. I know he did. And so, you know, God's just so good to do things like that for us. Okay, the pastor's new glasses. Glasses are almost always good because they increase your vision. A pastor I know was shown to me with new glasses on. He normally wears glasses, but these were different. The lenses were larger and set higher on his face. 
And there's a bunch of details here. They set higher because the connecting ear pieces that run from the lenses to the ear connected at the middle of the side of the lenses instead of at the top. Okay, that doesn't matter. <laughs> so who's the focus of this dream? The pastor. It's because there's nothing, the dreamer's not doing anything. This is all about the pastor. So it's literal. And he has some new glasses. This almost always represents increased ability to see in the spirit. It's great. The lenses were larger. There's going to be increased spiritual sight. So the interpretation, God is revealing to you a new gift he's giving to a pastor you know. This gift will produce increased spiritual insight and vision in their life. Another great dream to share. I mean, still, I would pray about it, but you're probably going to share this kind of dream. I think Pastor Daryl would love to get a dream like that. <laughs> I would. Okay, I'll give you one more of mine. Uh, I named it Huge Phone and Receiver. Had this back in 2013. I came home, not my real home, and walked up some steps onto the front porch. I saw a huge phone about three foot tall and some other things in bags I couldn't see. It made me smile because I knew they were gifts. <clears throat> I remember holding a huge square receiver. I realized, realized, you always want to pay attention to that, that I would be able to feel every vibration when someone spoke and hear very clearly. I thought my husband might think we didn't need a home phone because we have cell phones, but I was excited. So um, I, I also sent this one in just for fun. The, the site I was on, they would give you one free a month, and so I sent some in. They said, this dream is about your spiritual life and the gifts and blessings the Lord is going to be imparting to you in this next season. The Lord has great things in store for you and will be giving you the ability to hear his voice with greater clarity, right? It's a huge phone and precision as you draw near to him. He's giving you these gifts to enable you to connect more intimately to him and the church. So the really great thing about this dream for me was in 2010, God just kind of went quiet on me, like... For 10 years, he had just been right there and always, and he just kind of went silent on me. That was tough. <laughs> the first year, was like, what have I done wrong? You know, what do I need to do? Is it sin? What is it? And I finally, you know, made peace with it. But it was really, really hard because when you're used to him being so present, all of a sudden he's quiet. It's tough. And so... So it gave me so much hope that I was still on the right road. Because still the enemy would come in and it's like, oh, it's your fault. You're doing something wrong. He's not going to talk to you anymore. It's over. That's all done. I mean, that's what would attack me all the time. But this dream was so encouraging to me. This was three years into that. And it's showing me all the increase he's going to bring to me. So it's so encouraging. I was already divorced at the time. It really didn't have anything to do with my husband. It was just, I don't know why it came out that way. 
I just think I was just in a time, and, and the Lord has really spoken to me a lot about that, and I hope sometime I'll get to share some of that testimony. Um, it, it was just a maturing process for me. Um, the scripture that talks about as a weaned child sits quietly at his mother's breast. Yeah. I've always loved that scripture, and I didn't know why. And I realized over time that that's what God was doing to me. You know, with a baby, every time they whimper, you get them. <laughs> you know, all they have to do is cry and you're there. But as they begin to mature, like when you wean a child, they can't have their mama every second. And I really believed God used that time for me to teach me to have faith and believe and be strong even when I didn't see him or hear him. And so, but it was hard really hard and a lot of people go through that and they think gosh he's just left me but it's a maturing process and I think it's important for all of us to learn that and it was just so good of God to give me that dream to encourage me that it wasn't all over because I, mean, I kind of felt like it was all over for a while I mean I would say this year it was eight years now, he, I could go work in the prophetic rooms, and it was just right there. And it would drive me crazy because it just, oh, you know. And then the minute I walked out the door, it was silence again. Yeah, all the time, all the time. But it was like his personal, you know, that I could feel presence. It was just like he kind of withdrew it. And it was so confusing to understand all that. But I can look back over the last eight years. Carol and I talk about this all the time. I look back over the last eight years, and I cannot believe the growth I've had. And so I still don't understand the whole reason for it, but he's just done so much inside of me. Like, I'm, I'm such a feeler. I feel everything. Very sensitive <laughs> to a fault, as Carol would say. And what I learned in the prophetic rooms is I don't have to feel anything. Like I used to feel, and there's several things about that. I used to feel everything. You know, you're talking to someone, and I would feel all of that. And I would, I loved that. It felt so good, but I'd come out of there absolutely exhausted, just spent. Well, the very first time I went in there and didn't feel something, and the person's back there bawling their eyes out, and they're nothing, like stone cold, and it's so weird for me. And... uh the first time that happened, I just was thinking, this is so weird that I'm given this word that's impacting this person so much, and I don't feel a thing. But what I noticed was, I don't have to rely on my feelings. It doesn't matter if I feel something or not. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I just, it, it doesn't matter anymore. And also, I noticed that I come out of there energized now. And so when I leave, I'm like, and I kite, I got to come down. <laughs> and so for longevity's sake, I think it was a good, I needed to learn that. So for me personally, because I'm such a sensitive person, I think that's why I had to learn that lesson that way. But it was really weird to me the first time that happened because I always would just feel it all with them. And so I think it's all just a maturing process. And so we walk through stuff we don't understand 
But we can trust God. He's a good God. And he's going to bring us through safely to the other side. Even though, I mean, I really felt like he just abandoned me for a while. <laughs> I didn't understand. Because it came after a, I did a huge thing, a huge step of faith that he asked me to do. And had six months of the most amazing revelation I've ever had. And then, bam, it was just like turned off the spigot. And so it was a really difficult process for me. But I've I've grown so much through it all. So I just know he knows what he's doing. So even if we don't understand what's going on, he knows what he's doing. He is a good daddy. And the thing is, I pray radical, y'all. I'm not satisfied for a little bit. I want a lot. I want everything he has for me. And there's a price to pay for that. And so some of it, Lyndall laughs at me sometimes. He's like, put your hand down. <laughs> I'll never forget he told me. I mean, my life was a mess. I was going through a divorce. And I mean, my life was pretty bad. And we had someone come at the old church. And they, uh, <laughs> it's so funny. They're like, all right, everybody who wants a fire, raise your hand. I'm like, and Lyndall said, he's sitting behind me. He said, when I saw your hand go up, I just wanted to grab it and yank it back down. <laughs> but, I mean, that's just how I am. I don't care what the cost is because I know he's a good God and I know he's going to do what he said he's going to do. So I'm, I'm radical that way. So I think sometimes some of the things I've walked through, it's because of that. It's because I'm not just asking for a little bit. I'm asking for a lot. Okay, number 18, invention or creative dreams. I'm just going to read you a list of some of the things. Um, God can reveal new products, music, art, scientific breakthroughs, etc. through dreams. Um, these are usually very, very literal dreams. Um, I can't say this person's name. Otto Lowy won the Nobel Prize for Medicine in 1936 for his work on chemical transmission of nerve impulses. The idea for this theory was received 33 years earlier in a dream, but he couldn't prove it. So he pondered it for 17 years, and then he received a second dream. The dream revealed an experiment which became the foundation of his theory for the chemical transmission of nervous impulses, all in a dream. Madam C.J. Walker was suffering from scalp infections which resulted in severe hair loss in the early 1890s. She prayed for a cure and received an answer in a dream. As a result, she built a cosmetic company and became a multimillionaire, all in a dream. Elias Howe is credited with inventing the sewing machine in 1845. And the way the story goes is they had it all figured out but they couldn't figure out the needle. They couldn't figure out how to make it work. So he had a dream, and God showed him exactly how to design the needle. That was our sewing machine. Professional golfer Jack Nicholas was in a slump in 1964. He learned a new golf grip in a dream that improved his game and helped him regain top scores. So in a dream, he saw a new golf grip, and it changed his game. Paul McCartney dreamed the tune for yesterday. A lot of artists uh, experienced this. And my mom, I remember her telling me this story. Uh, when she was in high school, 
uh, they would have typing competitions. Well, she was really poor, and they didn't have a typewriter at home, so she couldn't practice. And she said she wanted to be in those competitions so bad. And so she would dream that she was typing, and it, she learned to type dreaming that she was typing. So I think that's pretty cool. Number 19, hidden knowledge. God reveals solutions to problems in your life or work. You can receive an actual word of knowledge in a dream like that. And I'm just going to share when I had, this was a big deal to me. So I'm at my job, everything's fine. We get in, I've never in my life had an issue with a person at work. I mean, I get along with everybody. We got a new supervisor, and it was terrible. And every day, it was just almost more than I could take. It was like I was the enemy for some reason. I don't know why they picked me. <laughs> I think it was the devil just attacking me. And I didn't know what to do. And it got to the point where, I mean, something had to happen. I did not know what to do. And I hadn't done one thing wrong. I was working as hard as anybody there. And so in a dream, I dreamed I was fighting this huge giant that was trying to kill me. And I was looking for a weapon, and all I had was a pen, like to write with. And I woke up knowing exactly what I needed to do. I needed to write a letter. So I wrote a letter, and I sent it to him and all the other bosses. (laughs) And in about a 15-minute time span, it was fixed. (laughs) So God gave me the exact answer to what I needed to do. So it was I was amazed. (laughs) I was amazed. In fact, one of the people above him got it before he did. And they said, you better fix this, and you better fix it right now. And basically, he just said, what do you want? <laughs> I would have, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not a real aggressive type person at all. And so it was just amazing that God gave me the exact answer. And then he gave me the words as I was writing the letter. He just gave me the words. Number 20, healing dreams and visions. These dreams can bring forgiveness, can bring love between you and someone you don't like. You can actually receive physical healing from divine intervention. Um, John Paul talks about this, and he said there were people in the church, and he didn't even know why. He just didn't like them. (laughs) Like, he would avoid them. They hadn't done anything. They just didn't like them. And so God gave him a dream about those people. And, And... He said, all of a sudden, it's like I wanted to be with them, and it was a divine connection. Like they, I can't remember the whole story. They, um, they were very important for the church, but he needed a dream to help him get there. And he said, it actually changed the way I felt about him because before I'd see him and run the other way, and from that point on, he said, I felt I just felt love for them. I wanted to be around him. I wanted to get to know him. So God can do that for you in a dream. Um, I want to share a vision that I had after my divorce where God just really healed my heart. And I wanted to bring it with me, and I moved some stuff around. I couldn't find it, so I didn't bring the little heart. But So I've told you all before, whenever I'm having an encounter with the Lord, He just makes me right. I have to. And so it's all very accurate. So I'm just going to read you what I wrote. 
I come into my secret place and settle in to meet with Jesus. My eyes are drawn to my pink crystal heart, so I pick it up and hold it in my hands. As soon as I do, I sense Jesus holding my wounded heart in his hands. I notice that the crystal feels very cold, but as I hold it, it begins to warm in my hands. This is what Jesus is doing with my cold and broken heart. He's holding it in his hands, and it's becoming warm and whole again. I put the crystal heart on my chest so it will sit right above my heart. At first, I'm very aware of it, but as the crystal reaches body temperature, I no longer feel it. This pink heart has always spoken to me of healing. Pink, a lot of times, represents healing. And I know Jesus is doing a work right now. I hold my hands over my heart, over the heart, and ask Jesus to come and heal my broken heart and cut away the ugly places. I want my heart to be pure and full of love. I don't want the dark places of anger and pain which have tried to overtake me to remain. In my spirit, I begin to see a picture of my heart. It wasn't a very pretty sight. It's covered with painful gashes that have literally been ripped apart and look beyond repair. I begin to see the presser foot of a sewing machine. It's the part that clamps down on the material so you can sew. I'm at eye level right in front of it. The sewing machine is threaded with gold, and I see my heart moving quickly through it. I feel no pain as I watch in fascination. I wonder how the jagged edges could ever be smooth, because it was just like ripped to shreds. After the Lord repairs each gash, he takes beautiful silver scissors and cuts away the ragged parts. I'm a little afraid because I've endured so much pain, but it doesn't hurt. After Jesus cuts the first jagged areas away, I'm able to see the seam he just completed. The seam is perfect, made with pure gold. Jesus is cutting away the pain and fear and anger and unforgiveness, and he's restoring each wound with gold. There are so many damaged areas that I wonder how my old heart could function at all. It has been ripped to shreds by the enemy, but Jesus is making me whole again. I expect this to be a long and difficult process, but Jesus works quickly and with great determination. His hands hold my heart very carefully as he works. As Jesus trims away each ragged edge, I feel wholeness in life returning. I'm surprised to see how quickly he finishes. Jesus holds my once mutilated heart very tenderly in his hands. As I look at it, I see more gold than flesh. I become aware of the depth of the work Jesus just completed, and I realize this heart is much better than it was before it was wounded. My old heart was merely flesh, but this new heart has been transformed by gold. Every wound Jesus repaired is now strong and beautiful and clean. The ugly, jagged edges are gone, and all that remains is the beautiful workmanship of the Lord. Jesus places my heart very gently and tenderly back into my chest. I realize he has just done what I could never do myself. 
Jesus has totally restored my broken heart and made it much better than new. And so that experience, it dramatically changed my life. It was like night and day. It's like when that happened, I just crossed the line and everything was different after that. So dreams, visions, he can do so much for us. There's so much he has for us. Um, This is a quote by Barbie Breathitt. I can't remember if I put it up there or not. She is a dream interpreter. She's also, um, she's a good one. You can look at her stuff. Her stuff is real expensive, I'll warn you. (laughs) But uh, she's uh, been around a long time. She says, when we capture a picture of light and God's goodness for our lives in the midst of the dark place of our existence, we have vision. Vision releases hope. Hope enables us to change. Change releases destiny. Destiny drives us out of, the, out of the now and propels us into the future. Once we catch a glimpse of who we are in the future, we are able to bring it into the reality of today. So we have to see something to go there, right? If we don't have, if we don't have a glimpse of the future, it's hard to go there. This is one of the major ways God is able to accelerate good in our lives through dreams and visions. The more we can see and believe, the more we can become. We must see it to be it. God births dreams and visions in us in order to bring revelation, illumination, and inspiration. I think that's a really good quote. Um, You know, none of us want to stay where we are. But we're just people, and it's really hard to know how to get somewhere different sometimes. And so God uses dreams. He uses visions. He uses other people praying for us in dreams just to to help us make that step forward. And, you know, I look back over my life, and I haven't had an easy life. I've had a pretty hard life. But I wouldn't trade a minute of it because when I look at where he has me now, in my relationship with him now. I mean, I don't care how hard it was. I feel like it was worth it. And so that's how I choose to look at it. I'm not looking at years that I used to feel like were wasted, those kind of things. It's like every single thing I've walked through in my life has brought me to where I am now, and it's made me the person I am. And it can be either way. You know, if you don't turn to God with hard things, you toughen your heart up and you go the other direction. But if we can just find a way to to trust him and press into him, even if we don't understand all those hard things, that's when Romans says he works all things together for good. He doesn't cause those things. He didn't cause the trouble in my marriage. He didn't cause all the health issues I had for so many years. But because I allowed him, he used those things to make me more than I was to start with. I don't believe I could be where I am with God if I hadn't walked through some of those things. And so I just encourage you, if life sucks right now, (laughs) just hang in there because he loves you and he's not going to leave you there, you know? I mean, it does. Let's be honest. Sometimes life sucks. Sorry, Anna and (laughs) Jaden. 
but he can use every bit of that if we'll let him. And he can, he can change us into a new person. There are things I thought would destroy me that have made me strong. I may not be loud, but I'm tough. <laughs> I'm tough. And the devil knows it. He knows it. And so, I don't know, I just encourage you not to give up and not to, not to let life circumstances make you give up on the Lord because he's not finished with you. It would have been pretty easy for me during those quiet times. I, it threw me for a loop. It did. I didn't understand. But if I had quit then, I would have missed out on all the things that have happened in the last eight years. Crazy. Crazy new things he's taught me. So just don't give up. Just keep pressing in. And we're going to get there. We're all going to get there. I love that about God. So... I just want to pray over everybody. Um, next week is Halloween. Daryl, are we still going to have a service? Okay. So I think what we're going to do, because I know a lot of people probably can't come, I think we're just going to do question and answer. So if you guys have questions, write them down and bring them, and we'll just talk next week. I won't have an agenda. The week after that, we're going to do, I'm going to give my healing testimony. And we're going to pray for people to be healed. The testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. And I believe that when we talk about what God's done for us, it releases that right back into the room. And so I'm really believing God's going to heal some people. I had, just to tell you, I had fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, Addison's disease, arthritis. I was on like 10 different prescriptions. I could have been on disability. So God, supernaturally, it's a crazy story. I can't wait to share it. But very supernaturally healed me. And I just believe that we're going to see some people healed. So that'll be the week after Halloween. And then the last week, we're going to do prophetic evangelism. And I'm going to run a slideshow. And just, y'all can see me looking crazy. Because, <laughs> you know... You learn about all this stuff, and what can we do with it? There's so much we can do with it. It's amazing what we can do. And the people we can reach if we're just willing to step out and not be afraid. Okay, so I want to pray over everybody. Father, I, just, I thank you for the opportunity for me to get up here and just share. And I just pray that you would, each person, that you would just deposit something inside of them. Whatever it is they need, Lord, encouragement, motivation, an answer to a problem, whatever it is, I just pray that you would give, give a deposit to every single person in this place. And I just pray you would stir us up to more, you know, stir us up to want more, stir us up to seek you and to, to, um, to just want that, to want to find you. Lord, I, I just bless every person in this place. I pray that you would give them just a great week and that you would give them success in their homes, in their lives, in their jobs, and just protect us and, and be with us in Jesus' name.